Welcome to the Real Talk with Real Women podcast, where we take an honest look at the lies we believe as women and how the truth of the gospel can set us free. Hey ladies, welcome to our next episode of Real Talk with Real Women. I am your co-host, Brooke. And I'm your co-host, Mary. And we have missed you guys. Yeah, I really have missed you guys, even though, you know, you're not here presently with us as we record, but we feel you. Yeah, it's a spiritual connection. I am so excited about this episode today because, one, this is an episode that me and Mary are not qualified to talk about at all. And so we have brought out some outside experts, um, and I am excited to introduce them to you. And before I tell you who they are, if you have been listening for a while, you know that we have talked about our sourdough babies. And actually, you know what? I should actually tell you what the title of this episode is first. (laughs) (laughs) So we are talking about lies you believe about children today. But really, I think it's lies about motherhood. Um, And so, yeah, so that's the topic of today. And why I bring up my sourdough baby is because the woman who gave me that sourdough baby is joining us today. So Mika, surprise, that is who gave us the the sourdough baby. Mika is joining us today, and Faith is joining us today. And so I'm going to have them introduce themselves um, with an icebreaker question because that's how we do things here. So Mika, can you tell us a little bit about your family and we love funny things, right? So yes. what is one funny, memorable moment you've had since being a mom or really since quarantine started? Because I'm sure that brings a whole host of new funny moments. <laughs> oh, funny is one word to describe it. <laughs> um, I'm Mika, and I'm married to Patrick, and we have a daughter who's six. Her name is Miriam and a two-year-old son named Titus. And... Um, I guess our memorable and funny-ish moment from quarantine was our 10-year anniversary back in July, and uh, we had dreams of going to New York for our 10-year anniversary, sans kids, of course, Right. (laughs) Um, but that clearly was not going to happen, so on our anniversary day, I woke up, and Miriam and and Patrick had decorated our house with, with pictures printed out of New York City all over our house and they had gone early and gotten bagels from a bagel shop and (laughs) it was so sweet and they had um they had a silent walking tour of New York going on the tv and um so the whole day was just really sweet starting out like that and then we had takeout from Little Italy in our backyard and they had strung up Christmas lights in our backyard and we dressed up super fancy and Titus, um, he's two of course, but his fancy outfit was a tie dyed t-shirt, <laughs> underwear, <laughs> and then two different dress up shoes from Miriam's closet. <laughs> That's so amazing. That was his fancy outfit that he chose to wear for our fancy night, but that it was very memorable. That's so sweet. That is. They went all out and they did it well. Like They did. Yeah, they hit the highlights of New York. They did. If we have any men listeners, which I don't know, maybe we do, take notes, fellas, because that is very sweet. Yeah. It was very sweet. Aw. All right, Faith. Hi. So tell us a little bit about your family and what is one funny memorable moment since being a mom or since quarantine. Sure. Yeah. Hi, I'm Faith Morse. I'm married to Tommy. He is in the military and I am a project manager of sorts. So just to give you a kind of background before I start my story, we have a daughter named Addie. She is five. And so when quarantine started, I had to transition from going into the office to going working from home. 
And so my family got exposed to my sedentary lifestyle of working in the office and what it's like to sit at a computer all day. <laughs> Tommy, his all his job is, I think, is to work out all day. So when he was watching Addie, they would work out. You know, she would do her yoga that she learned from daycare and he would lift and then I would be working. So one day we're sitting at the dinner table and Addie just was talking. She was like, mommy, I like to work out by stretching and doing yoga. And daddy likes to work out by lifting. And mommy likes to work out by sitting at her desk all day. <laughs> oh my God. And I was like, I got to show my girl that I work out too. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it's so sweet because kids don't mean it any type of way, but right. you're like, wow, burn. <laughs> yeah. And also when I was her age, I was not even thinking about working out. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so impressed. <laughs> Oh, oh man. man. Well, thank you for sharing those moments. That is so funny. I cannot even imagine being a mom right now in no. quarantine, like this whole year. So, like, first of all, kudos to you guys for, you know, doing it. <laughs> and especially Faith, like, you've been doing it solo with Tommy um, being deployed. So, like, I'm I'm just so impressed with how you guys have managed. Yeah, thank absolutely. You. Yeah. And if you guys have been following along for any amount of time, as Brooke mentioned, we've talked about our sourdough babies and how even that is is too much for us to manage. (laughs) So we're very happy to have superhero moms with us today because we've given mom shout outs before in the past. And so we're excited to dive in and just hear more from Mika and Faith about, you know, how God has really worked in their motherhood and in their families. Um, So without further ado, we're going to start with our first question. And Faith, I'm going to ask you first. Um, Oh, actually, we're going to back up a little bit and read the lies from the chapter. My bad. Um, So we can read through, as you guys know, in in the book, we've been going through Lies Women Believe. It's broken down into chapters, and each one has common lies having to do with the topic of the chapter. Um, and so we're going to read through these lies. And do you want me to just read through all of them? Yeah, go for it. Okay. So the first lie is I have the right to control my reproductive choices. It's a big one. Yeah. The second one is we can't afford children or we can't afford more children. The third one is I can't control or can control the way my children turn out. The fourth one is my children are my number one priority. And then the last one is, I'm not or she's not a good mother. So lots of different lies having to do with just, yeah, the topic of of mothering and parenting children. And so, Faith, would you mind telling us, are there any of those lies that most resonate with you or that you most, um, you know, relate to or that you have believed those lies, et cetera? Sure. Yeah. I feel like I resonate a little bit with each one, but the one I most identify with is the last one that you said, where I feel like I'm not a good mother. And I mean, it kind of looks different with that because in motherhood, you feel like you have a lot of pressure on you to perform well, to have all the answers, to know what's best for your child at all times, and to also keep up with your own identity, so to speak, as your own individual person outside of motherhood. So I feel like keeping up with that just messes with my head a lot. The pressure of performing well as a mother, being the one that's the Pinterest mom or Mm -hmm. the one that, you know, does the baking and the cooking at all times and the cleaning. So 
I feel like that one is the hardest for me. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Thanks for sharing that. Mm -hmm. Um, Mika, would you mind sharing which one of the lies um, from that list that you most resonate with or relate to? I think the one that I resonate with most and same as faith, a few of them really hit me, but the one where that says I can't or can't control my kids, that's the one that resonates the most with me. Um, I guess just, um, sometimes it's hard to separate all of the work that you put into your kids with discipline and with loving them and with teaching them. It's hard to separate when they go against that and they make their own choices sometimes that can feel like it's a personal attack to what you've been pouring into them. Um, so that's, that's been hard for me. Yeah. Yeah. I have a a question just a little bit off script for us and either one of you could answer this, but do you feel like in any way those lies that you've bought into, um, as being mothers yourself came in any way from like you growing up and seeing your mother? Definitely. Yeah. Not just that, but society. Yeah. Social media. You know, it's so easy to compare yourself. So absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's so interesting. Um, For either one of you, Faith or Mika, um, we can start with Faith. Is there anything for that lie that you talked about of not, not being a good enough mom? Is there any way that you would encourage other moms out there who also believe that lie, um, any truth that you would encourage them to use to combat that lie? Oh, for sure. I would say, um, you know, with the assumption that we're all believers here, that Christ has carried all the burden for us. Like he has filled the gaps. And so to remember that daily is always going to be a hard struggle to remember to do. But that's, that's just a truth that I keep coming back to that even though I feel like I'm falling short, even though I feel like I'm failing God turns everything to good. He's going to take this moment where I'm failing as a mother and he's going to redeem it into something that's beyond my most fathomable. (laughs) (laughs) I said that correctly. Um, Just idea of what I can be as a mother to my daughter, but then always pointing her to Christ and what he can do. And that's just something that, leaves me vulnerable because yeah, I can admit when I'm falling short to my, for my daughter, when, you know, I'm speaking with her or I'm losing my patience with her. I can, I can see and confess with her that, yeah, mommy doesn't have it all together, but you know what? We're going to pray about it. We're going to ask Jesus for help with this. And that's something that we always fall back on. So I think it's important for our kids to see that we fail too. Mm -hmm. That's so good, man. Faith, when you spoke at our women's retreat, like not this past year, but the year before, I remember you spoke about when our, we are weak, he is made strong. Mm-hmm. And I just like heard you completely say that again just now. And I think that's a huge reason why Mary and I wanted both you and Mika on this call, because we see you guys walk so humbly with that truth of like, you can't do it. You're broken. And like, you need Jesus's strength in order to live out your calling as a mom. And so I mean, just like hearing your heart there, I think is just so encouraging to moms, hopefully out there where they don't have to have it all together. And, you know, whether it's with their kids looking like they have it all together or just, you know, walking into church on a Sunday or walking into a supermarket, like Mm -hmm. it's just impossible to always have that perfect, like 
presence or whatever you want to call it. Um, and so I think that's really freeing to hear that, even not as a mom, like hearing that, like whenever we get to that stage, me and Mary, like it's okay to not be okay. <laughs> and yeah. to have that honest conversation with your kids of like, I messed up, I'm sorry, or whatever. Like we need Jesus. I need Jesus as your mom. Like you're setting such an awesome example for Addie by doing that. Thank you. Yeah. And this this happened actually last night. I was trying to teach her how to read. And, you know, you think that she knows her letters and her sounds, but she forgets the rules. And so I feel like I'm, a, I'm always repeating myself. And so at that point, I'm losing my patience. And then it turns into I'm raising my voice at her. I'm like, why don't you get this? Yeah. I asked you to sound out the letters. And so I lost my patience with her. I raised my voice with her. And I was like, oh. I see myself doing it and I have to confess mm. to her. And then we both prayed about it afterward. Like, I'm sorry, Addie, we need to pray for patience. We need to pay, pray for just grace toward each other. And I asked her to forgive me because I fell short in that moment. And she also confessed. She was like, mommy, I'm sorry. I wasn't listening. I'm getting <laughs> She's like, mommy, I'm sorry. I wasn't listening. I'm like, it's okay, sweetie. We're going to try again. We're going to keep trying. I love that. I was just going to say just what Brooke said, the fact that you model that for Addie, um, I think especially raising little girls, how amazing that is that she's going to grow up and and know what it's like to be able to not feel like you have to have this perfect facade up all the time and that it's part of life that we need Jesus just literally on a daily basis. We need Jesus. We have to be quick to confess, which is exactly what you're sharing that you did. And I think that's so incredible. And I'm just excited to like see Addie grow up to be this woman who's so confident in Christ and not in her own abilities, but in his abilities. I love that. And can I say that's one of the quickest things for me as a mom that Faith just described. When you confess one of your weaknesses or somehow that you failed your child, if you confess that and ask for forgiveness, they are so quick to forgive and it just brings you and the whole situation back down to the gospel so quick, just mm -hmm. immediately, because you've confessed your weakness and they've forgiven you and you're at square one again and you can start fresh on the gospel from there. It's just, it's amazing. That's amazing. That's so beautiful. And I got chills, literally, Mary, when you said like, especially raising a daughter with that mindset of like, you don't have to be perfect because every other messaging that mm -hmm. she's going to get is going to tell her the opposite of that. Yeah. And so like, wow, that is a good training ground right there. Like that you guys are laying for your kids. Um, Mika, what about you? What is an encouragement you would give um, with the lie about control and um, not being able to or feeling like you can control your kids. What encouragement would you give to a mom who's also struggling with that? Wow, this is like six years in the making here. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, it really, just since quarantine has started, some things have clicked for me in, in this area. And I think the thing that I've gotten to that has helped me so much is that um, Miriam and Titus are God's children and I'm their ambassador back mm. to him. And um, no matter how hard I try to make them turn out in a way that I want them to, sometimes my sin um, masks the goodness that I'm trying to do. Mm. And um, I can get in the way of God speaking to them and using them in his purposes just based on what I want them to do. I can get in the way of that. And so if I remove myself and I surrender and say, God, I can't even no matter how hard I try, I can't control my kids. I can't make them turn out in one way 
because they're your children and and you have a plan for them. If I take myself out of that, then he can work better through them and he can work better through me. Hmm. That's so good. I've never thought about what you just said, that you're an ambassador for your kids back to God because they, they are his, but I've just never heard someone describe it that way. And I think that that paints a really good picture. Yeah. And you said that at our Real Talk gathering uh, last month and I wrote it down because I had never heard it either. And I was like, that's solid. Yeah. (laughs) Like that's something I want to take into whenever I become a mom. Cause I mean, that's what it is. You are like, you are her example of what Jesus looks like on a daily basis. And that is daunting. Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. So Okay, we've talked about the lies from the chapter, and I'm kind of curious, like, are there any lies that weren't listed in the chapter that you guys have believed, or um, what is one thing, like, you wish you would have known before becoming a mom? Um, And let's start with Faith. How do you feel about that? I'm going to confess I'm drawing a blank. I had an answer, but I don't remember. (laughs) It's okay. It's okay. Please start with Mika. (laughs) Yeah, let's go with Mika. (laughs) Okay, um, so one of the lies that I was tempted to believe, especially after quarantine started, was like this lie of self-care is the only way that we're going to get through this. Mm. And it's like a very self-centered self-care. And I feel like that's what culture is telling mothers right now is that you've got to have time to yourself. You've got to be able to do these things that you want to do. And if you don't, then you're going to be burnt out and you're not going to be able to to be the parent that you need to be. And in one way, I agree with that, you know, but in another way, I can't sit on the couch for two hours and watch Netflix and then stand up more fulfilled than I was before. Mm. Um, And so I feel like in that way, I was, I had to really do some soul searching and pray about it. And, um, and what I came at, came out of that with was, God created me and gave me unique ways to connect with him. And, and, um, when I apply that to things in life, like, um, being in nature, I feel like God gave me a love for nature and, and I can connect with, with his creation and his love for us through nature. So maybe spending some time in nature would be a way for me to fill my own cup. And I think it looks different for every mother, but I think it needs to be more of an intentional type of time spent um, to to have your cup refilled. Um, and so sometimes the self-centered self-care um, might not do that. Yeah, that's a great point. And I think that what you just spoke on with self-care, the world, our society can have this idea of self-care being like avoidant, right? Like you were saying, like binging out on Netflix or I don't know, like going on a shopping spree, whatever it might be. And and that's not, like you said, actually fulfilling your spirit and giving your spirit the rest it needs. And like, let's face it, in this time, moms, especially with young kids, don't have the luxury of, of taking like hours or an hour or 30 minutes um, to themselves. It's just not a possibility. So I love how you talked about like, what is one thing that, you know, you can feel connected to God, that he's going to be the one who gives you true rest mm-hmm. rather than just like an hour off, you know? Right. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, having a partner that 
that noted that knows that as well is so helpful. Yeah. Just like the other night, I was so I just feel empty, and I told Patrick, I just feel like I'm empty. I have no drops left at all. <laughs> and so after the kids went to bed, he was like, "What can I do for you that will allow you to have a few drops in your cup?" Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, I will confess, I was listening to a sermon in my ears and folding clothes, and I just like cut my eyes up at him, and I said, "I'm doing it right now." <laughs> and he read between the lines, and he was like, "Okay, do you want me to be quiet and?" stay in the room or would you like me to go to a different room? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it though. You maximize on those, that little moment, you know, like right. sometimes I'm, I'm sure that's what you have to figure out as a mom is like how to incorporate like that intentional rest and like filling of your cup while you're pouring out, like you're folding right. laundry, you are <laughs> yes. pouring out and you're like, okay, can't, like pour in as I pour out. <laughs> so true. Yep. Faith, have you thought about anything? I have. Thank you for giving me that time. Of course. So one of the things that I did learn and I'm still learning is it's kind of tied to the lie that I believe that, you know, we have this pressure to perform. We have this pressure to continue doing all the things that we did pre-kid as well as, you know, while with kids. And it's the idea or the notion of giving yourself grace as much as you give kids grace. Mm. So even though, you know, you see this little thing and you're like, oh, you, you know, that's okay, sweetheart, you don't have to do whatever it is, but it's also remembering to give yourself that grace. Um, so I'm especially reminded of that now because my husband is deployed and, you know, physically he's not here. And that's not to take away from the fact that, you know, emotionally he is very present, present, not president, but he's present. <laughs> and I know that there are mothers out there that are absolutely doing it on their own. Mm -hmm. So you have to be able to give yourself grace and to remember that, you know, the dishes can wait. Mm. The, the floor doesn't have to be clean right then, but just remember what it's like to be that embodiment of Christ for your child to remember, you know, it's the moments that are important, which is of what a friend of mine said, all of these things that you do that you feel like are important are not quite as important as ministering to your children. Mm. Wow. That's a truth bomb. Truth bomb. <laughs> I was going to say, we need a sound effect. We Mic need like drop? a soundboard. <laughs> You don't think my was no? Good I loved enough? it. I loved it. Mary I, is the professional sound maker. Let's yeah, hear it, Mary. Let's see what she got. I don't think I could do better than Brooke in that. Now, if we have anything come up later with a bird sound, I'm your girl. <laughs> <laughs> what did I say before we started this? I was like, let's give it a wing. Give it a wing. <laughs> I made up a phrase. So you know, that's a bird. Give it a wing. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't see that one coming for the podcast today, but there you go. Okay, I am curious. I love our next question, I think mostly because people like Brooke and I, and I know other listeners who do not have kids right now, um, but hope to one day. And so, you know, I'd love to hear what's one thing you wish you would have known before becoming a mom? And can we start with Mika? Oh, goodness. All the things. All <laughs> the things. Um so my, I did notes before this, and my answer is kind of an umbrella answer because there are so many things that yeah. I wish that I would have known. But I think if I would have known personally how far from God I was mm. and how self-centered and prideful I was before having a mom, all of the things would look different. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and so, I mean, if I had to, I, don't, I really don't know if I could pinpoint one thing Um I know that's kind of a cheat answer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. It reminds me of like 
with the conversation of marriage, I think you enter into marriage and you have that realization of like, wow, I'm so much more self-centered and prideful and sinful than I thought. And I can imagine that that would be a similar, if not more, once you have kids. Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I do. I had an idea in my head just a second ago and now I can't remember what it was. That's okay. I'm sorry. Um, oh, so I had a hard time um, in the very beginning right after Miriam was born. And it was kind of the shocker of like, wow, now I'm in charge of this, yeah. of this human. <laughs> um, and I think if I'd known that it's okay to not feel the butterflies mm-hmm. and like this is a magical time that you always hear, it didn't feel like that to me. And, mm-hmm. I, and there, there was a lot of guilt and a lot of shame tied to that for a very long time. Yeah. Um, for me personally. And I think if someone would have just been real with me in the beginning before she was born and said, you know what, Mika, if, it, if you don't enjoy the first few weeks, that's okay. Mm. It doesn't mean you're not going to enjoy being a mom and it doesn't mean you don't love your child. Um, I think that would have helped me a lot, but I just heard mostly, oh, it's so wonderful. Mm. It's, you're going to love being a mom. And I didn't feel that. So yeah. I think that would have helped me a lot. Thanks for being honest about that. And I'm grateful that I think that that's more, people are more open about that now, just in, you know, in society. I'm hearing more more moms open up about that right after they have their baby. And it's not, like you said, it's not all great. And so I'm grateful that that seems to be coming out more in the light and people are being more honest with that. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Faith, is there anything that you wish you would have known before becoming a mom? Well, I wish people would have told me how much you physically change mm. after being a mom. Like, oh man, I've held on to the, these dresses or these pants and I'm like, oh, one day I'm going to fit into them again. But your body changes. It just <laughs> yeah. absolutely changes. And I wish I knew how much it would have affected me beforehand so I can mentally prepare for it. And it's just, it's kind of like a like a bummer, like, oh man. Yeah. So my body's not going to be what it was before, but hey, you know, it produced this life and I'm just going to roll with it. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard like as I've talked with friends of mine who have become moms, they're like, I had no idea like my hair would fall out and regrow. And now I have these little wispies in the front and I don't know what to do with them. Like things like that. I'm like, is there a book that kind of reveals these secrets that like, or do you just kind of discover it after you become a mom? Like, man, I don't. It's just like a mystery. I don't have much hair, so I need that to not happen. <laughs> you don't have much hair? My hair is very thin. I cannot afford to lose it. So I just saw this segment. Chloe Kardashian is supporting this collagen, and she said that it prevented her hair from falling out. All right, Chloe. Let's see. <laughs> Insert ad here. <laughs> just saw it on Ellen. Chloe, if you hear this, can you sponsor us? Or... <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, so we talked about what you wish you would have known before being a mom. So what is something that you have learned or that God has taught you since you have become a mom? Um, Like maybe like, you know, I mean, you could you could take this question whatever direction you want, but you could think about like what parts of God have you learned about or how have you learned about the gospel or, you know, like just really any anything. Uh, it doesn't have to just be about spiritual things, but, you know, take it however you want. So I'm going to toss the ball uh, to, I almost called you Miriam because <laughs> I 
I see is my Zoom thing yeah. says Miriam. Your Zoom name is Miriam. <laughs> Nika, I'm going to pass the ball to you on that one. Okay. Um, so many things that I've learned through motherhood. I really think that this was the avenue that God um, had in my story to restore my faith in Christ, wow. honestly. So, um, so we could be here all day, ladies. <laughs> um, but mainly, I think um, unconditional love, really. Um, and specifically with Miriam, she uh, rocked my world and still does. And um, just accepting her um, as a unique creation of God. And she's perfect the way that he made her. And I, I need to um, humble myself and, and allow myself to love her the way that she is and not have conditions on those things. Um, it's, it's just been a big, a big growing experience for me personally. Um, in every aspect. Also, it's, it's given me a new view of my own parents and a new love and respect for them and what they did for me, um, growing up, which they were wonderful parents. Um, so just so many different things. Mm. Um, also, Miriam made me more confident in myself, which is strange. I love that. Um, yeah. So I've never been one to be very confident or assertive. And then I was given a daughter who is absolutely very confident and very assertive. <laughs> and so in order to support her through that, I've had to gain um, gain those characteristics for myself, which which was a huge gift of motherhood that I never expected because those were always types of women that I admired and that I would, I wanted to kind of be like, but I just didn't have it in me. Um, and so Miriam has helped me grow in that way. Wow. I remember, didn't you call Miriam your little evangelist? She is. (laughs) She definitely is. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. That's, I I love just hearing you say like you admire your daughter and like she's helping you grow that. Oh, absolutely. I would, I would not be here in, in the way that I am, um, if it were not for Miriam. And she was not planned. And so this was an absolute God um, story. Wow. That's amazing. Man. All right, Faith, what about you? What is, what is one of the biggest lessons God has taught you since being a mom? Yeah, like Mika, there's so many. But one that really stands out is the idea of forgiveness. How our, my daughter is just so quick to forgive. And it's such a reflection of how the Father forgives us so quickly and you know, I tremble because I'm like, oh, it's just amazing how our kids can just reflect that and be the evangelist for us so that us as mothers, we can deepen our walk with the Lord and really learn what it's like to love, be loved unconditionally by our kids and to be forgiven by our kids when we fall short so many times. And that is just just a beautiful image and testimony of what God has prepared and it has done for us. It's beautiful. And it makes me think of how this makes it so much clearer, you know, the phrase of having childlike faith, right? Like all the things you guys are saying about your kids is, you know, I think it points to them just feeling confident and safe with their parents, you know, and, and how that allows them to be so freely themselves and like the best parts of themselves come forward. Um, because I can't help but think, but it's because they feel loved and they feel secure. And each one of us, obviously not by our, 
our earthly family, but by our heavenly father, we have that ultimate security and that ultimate love and safety. And so that paints a really clear picture to me that having childlike faith isn't, isn't anything having to do with, you know, naive, you know, naiveness or, or, um, immaturity or anything like that. In fact, it it really should allow us to feel truly just ourselves to be able to be confident and forgiving and loving and unapologetically sharing Jesus with people, you know, like kids are the best at that. (laughs) And uh, I think we just have so much to learn from kids. And it's amazing that you guys as moms have like a front row seat to seeing the childlike faith of your kids. Yeah. And then one thing to add about what changes is the amount of tears that come (laughs) when you have kids. I just feel like I'm crying over everything. A Google commercial comes on, crying. If it has anything to do with kids, crying. That's definitely something you should prepare yourself for. Okay, good to know. Noted. The Olympic commercials where the athletes are like, thank you, mom. I just like wrecks me. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's so sweet. Do you find yourself crying in Disney movies too? At Disneyland, you mean? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just walking around Disneyland sobbing. Seriously. Every time we've stood and watched the parade, I'm just crying watching my kids. <laughs> they just have these little magical stars in their eyes, and I'm just like, this is so sweet. I just oh, my gosh. That's the best. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That is the best. Well, I think that you guys have, have honestly touched on so much of, you know, these questions and, you know, specifically if there's anything either of you would like to add about how, how you see the gospel play into motherhood, um, in, in your day-to-day life. And I think so much of what you've said already fits into that, but I don't know, um, Faith, is there anything that you would add of how you see the gospel playing into motherhood for you? Oh, absolutely. In every, Every instance where I feel like I'm going to lose my mind mm-hmm. or I'm going to lose my patience, there is a verse that I keep running through my head and it's in Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. So even mm-hmm. if my daughter is throwing a tantrum, it, how am I going to reflect the gospel to her? How mm-hmm. How am I not going to just let my flesh consume me and react in a way that is not gospel centered. And how am I going to show her the love, even though my flesh wants me to act differently? And so every, I can't even count how many moments in the day, but almost every moment you're, you got to be on your toes with kids. You just, Mm. you cannot let the enemy get any foothold on any part of your life or else it's just going to go south really fast. That's so good. Wow. Mika, what about you? Is there any, or how would you say the gospel plays into motherhood for you? Um, yeah, same, just I'm an emotional person and I was raised in an emotional household and <laughs> my daughter is the same, you know, so, um, so I have to be very careful to, um, to not meet her in her very emotional state. Um, and I need Jesus for that because yeah. I, I, I individually cannot do it on my own to stay calm. And um, so I just have to pray, God, I'm at my end. I cannot do this by myself. And so um, just relying on prayer and um, telling Miriam, you know, out loud or Titus or whoever's having the the hard time where we need, we need to pray right now. We need, we might need some space from each other for a few minutes, you know, just diffusing the situation before it escalates. 
Um, I think uh, just serving serving our family harmony in that way, yeah, <laughs> in that way is is gospel centered for our family, and um, and I think they need they need me to be steady for them emotionally, and uh, so I need Jesus for that because I'm not that on my own. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting to just hear you guys talk because it sounds like motherhood is so contrary to our nature, uh, like our sinful nature. Like, it's like I am not able to respond to this situation (laughs) in the way that would be honoring to God. And so what I hear both of you saying is like you take that pause, you like acknowledge like this is my, my sinful nature is about to come out and I need Jesus and then you like communicate that to your kids. Not every time. Not every time. Yeah, that's fair. Ideally. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's Very fair. important <laughs> distinction. <laughs> but like even the fact that that's kind of like a process that you strive for or you, you know is important, um, that's like so helpful, I think, for Christian moms who are wanting to live like on mission with their family just to kind of have that perspective of like, okay, this is not normal for me. (laughs) And so I need to invite God into this moment and to tell my kids that's what's happening. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's really, I mean, that's encouraging to me. Yeah, Mika, do you have like, like um, Faith shared a verse, do you have like a fighter verse or uh, a scripture that you generally come back to? I do. And it's um, um, another mom who has kids older than me shared this. And so it's been like six years of of this verse is Galatians 6, 9. Let us not grow weary of doing good for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Mm. That's so good. I've never even thought of that verse in the context of motherhood, but it fits so perfectly because yeah, hopefully like that, those good works will end up reaping a harvest, right? In your kids, in their lives, in their love for Jesus. Right. And we've, and Patrick and I have seen, have seen fruit recently in Miriam's life that we were working on years ago. And so sometimes things that you're doing with your kids, they're not going to show fruit immediately, but if you continue that, God will be faithful and you will see fruit in that. Wow. And that's where that do not grow weary of doing good comes in. Yes. Right. And that's so important to remember, especially in our culture of instant gratification or instant reward. You know, we have to keep vigilant in this because it's not sprint. It's a marathon, just mm-hmm. like marriage. You you are not going to solve all your marriage problems all in one year. Mm-hmm. And that's why you're in it for the long haul. So it's very important to remember that you have to keep faithful to your mission, to your ambassador-like mission mm. for your children. Yeah. And just like, here, like thinking about that verse you shared, Mika, like, I think when I hear that verse, I always think of like my mission field, like all around me in my spheres of you know, friends or whatever. Mm -hmm. And to think that the family is like your most immediate and important mission field and to keep that as top priority in your mission is so key. Um, So I'm I'm actually kind of curious. So I'm just kind of thinking about like, especially in quarantine, I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of, I have this thought I want to ask you guys about. Um, But in quarantine, we've had a lot of isolation, right? And I imagine that's really hard in motherhood to feel isolated. And in quarantine, that's probably even more so difficult. So I'm curious, like, what do you guys think is the importance of community with other moms um, and just like having a healthy uh, perspective and experience of motherhood and also in like learning what God's teaching you? Just like what's the importance of having community with other moms? It is 100 percent important and not just in motherhood, just in life 
in general, as women, as believers, as human beings, we need community. And so to be able to use your resources like Zoom or Marco Polo is a big one for me, or texting even, you know, it can be impersonal, but just getting your emotions out, getting just your feelings out and sharing it with other mothers and letting them know that what you're struggling with and then them sharing, is it's just reaffirming that you're not in this alone. You're not doing this battle alone. So it's important to reach out for prayer. It's important to be vulnerable enough to let others into your life and admit when you need help, you know, open yourself up to people praying for you or, you know, getting together for a social distance gathering. You can do that outside. You can do that. I mean, we've been very creative about going to the beach and going to the bay, you know, just very outdoors, um, social distance guideline, um, everything, just being able to touch that community that you can tap into and allowing them to breathe into your life. Wow. Yeah, what about you? Um, I almost called you Miriam again. <laughs> well, you know, if I was tech savvy, I could change my name, but I don't know how to do that. So <laughs> Just be like Miriam's mom, Mika. <laughs> um, for me, being around Christ-centered mom specifically is how um, God started restoring my life. And mm. so it is very, very near and dear and important in my life um, just to have uh other women who are going through the same thing that you're going through speak truth into your situation and situations can change and emotions change. And one day it may be, I need the, the support from a friend and the next day I may be supporting her, you know? And, um, so I, I feel like I've grown so much just from my friendships. Um, and those friendships, um, one of them, my closest friendship was sparked because of our kids. And so, Um, I just, I think it's so important to have mentors and uh, Christ sisters and all of the above. Um, And also I have friends who are not believers. And I think that's healthy for me and my kids too. Mm -hmm. Um, And that sparks some good, healthy conversations between um, my kids and their mom and me and my kids. It's just been, it's just good all around to have a community of moms and um and who are believers and not believers, I believe. I bleh, that was a lot of beliefs. <laughs> sorry. Um, but yeah, it's it's important to me to have to have good, solid friendships just was, in general. Yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up, Mika, because I was thinking about how, you know, hearing everything you guys are talking about, it feels like it doesn't make motherhood any easier per se, but I think that it gives you guys like just a peace and a confidence knowing that Jesus has your kids. He's got you. You know what I mean? That that's something that other moms out there who are not believers, like I want so badly for them to have. And I think that probably you guys want so badly for them to have that reassurance that they do not have to be this perfect parent. They don't have to have everything together. And so how refreshing I hope it is for um, moms who are not believers to be around moms who are and be able to see like what a witness to Christ and, and the gospel and the freedom he gives us to not be perfect and to depend on him because he is. And I think that is just so powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And kind of touching on what you were saying about friendships with non-believers, I feel like our testimony as we parent our children is so huge when we're parenting in front of non-believers because they see how we handle certain situations. And it might look different because, you know, we are the light and we are called to be different. And I think it's refreshing for them to see 
how differently we act Mm -hmm. and respond to our children because we have the foundation of Christ. Right. Mm. Wow. So it sounds like what you guys have said is that community is so crucial. And I know, Mika, you had the vision and the heart to start a group called GC Moms. And so I was just kind of curious, could you share like why, like what sparked that in your heart? And if there are moms listening right now who are really longing for that community, but maybe don't have it, like how could they get plugged in to GC Moms? So GC Moms came about because um, we had moved here when I was very pregnant with Titus and, and I had Titus here and, and, and then we started coming to GC. And so I didn't have a big community here, but I'd left a really good community in Pasadena when we moved and, and I could feel um, a void where, where that support was not here for me yet. Um, and so just growing throughout the year with GC and we went to the women's retreat and, um, you partnered us, partnered us up with people to take a walk and, and ask hard questions. And I was partnered with Mary and (laughs) Mary asked me one of the questions on the script was, um, what, what do you like about yourself? And what are your interests and what is interesting about you? And I couldn't answer any of those questions. And it was so um, profound for me, just like, where, where have I gone? I'm, I'm a mom, but that's like the only identity that I feel right now. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, God had already been putting, you know, a group on my heart, but I didn't know what it looked like. And I didn't know like where to start. And so then after having that profound conversation where I couldn't even answer these questions authentically about myself, um, I prayed about it and, and I just felt like um, starting a group like that, uh, a group of Christ-centered moms through through GC, which is such a wonderful church, um, it would give us a community of moms who we could reach out to each other. We could um, have support from one another. We could support each other. We could serve each other. We could have, and then my view was having like a fun mom Saturday <laughs> where I was like, I could, we could like touch on aspects of our personality that we haven't gotten to touch on since having kids. Like I love art and I don't ever take the time out to do art for myself anymore. Maybe we can have a day to do art. Maybe we could go on hikes together. Um, so it was just, it was just me saying, I'm not the only one feeling this. I know other moms in our church are also feeling this and God has created us as multifaceted beings with different interests and unique things that make us feel um, like our cups are being filled. And we're probably not doing that because all of our energy is going to um, managing our homes and and raising our kids. And um, so to have this little group that we could reach out to and that we could spend time with to help us fill that cup a little bit, um, that's kind of where the spark for GC Moms came from. Mm. That's beautiful. Yeah. And I can't imagine how hard it would be to like maintain your identity or just like remember those little aspects of you that you like art mm-hmm. <laughs> when you're literally keeping a human alive <laughs> in addition to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's such a beautiful vision. And I, yeah, I'm really praying that someone needs to hear that that's out there for them who's listening to this. Um, so how, like, how could someone get connected to you, to the group? Well, so far we just have a thread on GroupMe 
Um, and I think, I think I have to send the link personally to them so they could email me easily. And I would do that. And my email is just my name. Can I give that out on this? I'm not sure if I can do that. <laughs> yeah, I'll have them email women at gracecitysd.com. Okay. Yeah. And then I'll connect them sure. to you. Sure. sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and the threat is not, it's not threatening and it's not, um, aggressive. I just wanted it to be like an organic space where anyone could come on and post. Anyone could come on and ask for help. Um, the main, the main service that I, that is so near and dear to my heart is, um, taking food to families with new babies Mm. or families with, with, um, a member who is sick or a member who has gone away. Um, that is, that is the one service opportunity that I will not give up. And if I have to do it myself, I will. <laughs> um, but that, but other than that, I, I, tr- I try not to make it to where moms are getting multiple notifications every day um, because we, we already have so much going on. I don't want to make that more of a burden. Mm-hmm. So, right. Food is a love language. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Patrick and I definitely feel like um, serving people through meals and through food is is one of the ways that Jesus connected to so many people. Right. And when we first had Addie, that was the main thing that I remember feeling the most love through was when you had just given birth, you don't have energy or time to do anything. And people just brought meals. And I was like this, I never would have thought that this is something that I absolutely needed in this time and space. So I, I love that ministry. And I love the fact that you are adamant about supporting women in that way, because it's, I mean, it's so easy to overlook, but it's so important and vital, especially for the sanity of yourself and your family when you're going through a newborn stage. Yeah. And I feel like moms just kind of know those things about other moms, you know, that like, like you said, Faith, you'd never expect that just a simple meal would mean that much, but another mom, like now you know that, right? (laughs) So you guys just like, get it. I kind of feel like women are like that. Like we just know that each other have a lot on our plates. (laughs) Intuitive. Yeah. 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 And new moms, you know, especially new moms who, who are breastfeeding, they're like ravenously hungry (laughs) and there's like not enough food in the house most of the time. (laughs) Let's be honest. Oh my gosh. I'm terrified because I feel like I'm already ravenously hungry. (laughs) No, seriously. I'm like, do not touch these muffins. (laughs) These are my muffins. (laughs) Don't mess with mama. Yeah. (laughs) well is there anything else that you guys like want to share before we wrap up our episode today I think the encouragement that I wrote down was just seek Jesus and I know that that you know it's kind of a bible church answer but um it's truly the answer to like all of the spaces that you need filled and you don't know how to fill them and all the weaknesses that you have that you don't know how to fix, if you just seek Jesus, um, he will provide all of that just supernaturally. It just happens. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I would agree. The inclination is to just veg out on social media or veg out on Netflix or whatever it is, but abiding in Christ Mm -hmm. and being faithful to his word and being in it, it just does wonders for your just cup in your spiritual spirituality of just it being filled and being able to pour out what you're getting poured into through mm-hmm. reading the Bible. So I absolutely agree, Mika, that being in the Word is absolutely essential, especially, especially as mothers when we're giving so much to our children, to our marriage, to our, you know, everything. It's 
the only way to get your cup filled is through the word. Absolutely. Well, we are just so thankful for you guys, Faith and Mika, and I feel like this was just such a rich episode of of truth, and the women of our church are just lucky to have you guys be a part of it, and we're praying for you, and we're thankful for you, and we will see you next time on our next episode. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the Real Talk with Real Women podcast. We'll see you next month.